When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. Welcome along to episode number 89 of the Bitter Edge Supporters Trust podcast. Ronan Flanagan here this week. And this week, delighted to be joined by Jerry O'Connor. Jerry, how are you? Yeah, all good. Don Kelly, how's things? Fantastic, Ronan, thank you. Sean Dunn, what's up? Not an awful lot, Ronan. Good to be on. And David McGee, what is the crack? All good here, Ronan. Thanks very much. So this week, we have... No men's game to look back on, but we will look back on the women's game against Treaty United on Saturday. We will chat to Bohemians fan Jordan O'Reilly ahead of Saturday's game, the showgrounds, and we will look ahead to that game also in this week's episode. Right, lads, now we'll touch on the women's team. Unfortunately, on last Saturday, the showgrounds, David fell to a 2 1 defeat to, to Treaty United. Yeah, another tough day at the office. Still no points in the board, but. I believe things will come right. Um, experienced, I suppose I contradict myself here in a second, but an experienced uh, treaty side who hadn't had a good run of form over the past couple of seasons, but they dug in, um, they were aggressive, got stuck in, and to be fair, they ultimately, I think, deserved the win. Uh, where I contradicted myself to say it's an experienced side, uh, there was a 15-year-old girl came off the bench for treaty and got the winner. Um, Emmett already scored a great goal really instinctive tidy finish into the top corner again i think it's it's the win is coming the points are coming it's just a case of of getting that first first three points or point on the board for for steve feeney and the women's team and and ultimately the rest will start to follow you just need that first domino to fall and go from there but look they're still trying to to, to work through their patterns of play and, and trying to play attractive open attack in football um as a detriment into how they're conceding their goals um but yeah, it, it was another tough day at the office in, in the showgrounds on Saturday. Uh, suppose, Donald, it's, it's good that Emma Doherty could open our account of the season. It's good to get her, get her up and running for the season. And hopefully it's a, it's the start of a, another good season for her. Yeah, Ronan, obviously, like she, she took her. I, I was working in the coffee shop, but I was kind of behind, uh, I was behind the goal and you could see, I could see her, uh, I, I saw her goal and it was a fantastic finish. Uh, important for her, I suppose, maybe to get that kind of a monkey off her back, is right. Yeah. Um, from the but I saw maybe the last half hour of the game, and um, look, like like David saying there, there, I I don't think a win is far away. Um, and you saw that in the game against Shamrock Rovers as well. Like there's a lot of quality in that side, and maybe the the result against Shams might have taken the wind out of their sails a small little bit. Um, they've been unlucky. And just knocking the rub of the green or the bounce of the ball, but like I just I'm sure they'll they'll stick together and like they have a bit of a break coming up now they can kind of re, re recoup and regather themselves and um, kind of hit this next set of games with the with the full steam ahead, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, no, but important for him to get that goal and like it's a lot of quality throughout the site. You know, they just have to back themselves now and kind of 
fight their way out of this week's slump that they're in now at the moment, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's as big a mental test as they faced. I know they, they were the newcomers to the league last year, and you know they they, they rode the crest of a wave there for a while with um with results and had some fantastic results. So look, as tough as it is now, I think once once the points start going on the board, they'll they'll be a better side, a better individual players for it. And as you said, Donald as well, Emma getting that that first goal of the season is only going to do wonders for her confidence because I know that a lot of the girls play together in the in the college team who've been very successful this year winning a double I think it was so to try and carry some of her form into Rovers and now she's got that first goal that's going to be a boost for her I think her play is going to improve um, and it's going to bring everybody else on as well so I can only see positives coming coming down the line and yeah again just to say it I, I've no doubt that the the performances uh, or sorry the results will start matching the performances and, and they will start getting some points on the board definitely and we touch on two players that are on that ATU team Keila uh, Scanlon and Kate Nugent came on for her debut the last day and they've been I suppose figuring they've been featuring at the underage teams the last few years Kate has came back from a, a serious injury but it's good to see that you know these players are stepping up David to, to the senior level yeah absolutely look Again, it's not easy at the time, but but for Kate, um, with the injury, she was able to take a lot of it in last year. You know, be a bystander. Look, everybody wants to play. I'm no different when I was playing. I'm sure, Donald was the same. You know, it's it's gonna it's done her good to get in and around the squad, see what's expected, see what the mentality's like, and and soak everything up. Because at that age, you have to be a sponge and take everything on board. Whether you're you're starting every week, whether you're injured, or whether you're you know more of a bit part player. But to see her step up, she didn't look like she was she was found wanting when she came on. She looked to come in in a deep midfield role, Donald, I think, and there was no problem. There was no signs of of the old injury flaring up. She was getting stuck in and tried to play ball in the system that Steve wants them to play. And I thought Keela was excellent, actually. You know, she was she was vocal. Um, she was very calm at the back playing it's on a left-sided centre-half again, I think it was. So it's great to see that, again, there's there's a, a clear pathway for um, for for, the, for any girls coming through from the underage to step into the senior team and go on. You have to earn your minutes. And, and they've certainly done that. So, um, yeah, great great to see the, the two girls coming through and, and long may it continue that the production line, along with the men's team, is proven to be fruitful for the senior teams. And touch on two players that weren't involved on Saturday. They're on international duty at the moment. Donald, it's Jody Locke and Alice Lilly, the Ireland under 17s. And you no, know, recording here on Tuesday night, they play it tomorrow morning. So hopefully, I suppose by the time the podcast is out, that they've qualified for the Euros. But they've, I suppose, unfortunately, from Alice's point of view, she hasn't got any minutes so far in the in these qualifiers. But Jody has played every game. She's the Ireland under 17 captain. So that's kind of the caliber of player that are. You know, within the squad at the moment. Oh, absolutely, Ronan. And like, do you know, like the standard. Um, I suppose, like any international cap player is is obviously their quality. Their their quality is second to none. So um, the fact that those those guards are getting those accolades, like as you say, Jody, there, captain the Irish team is it's it's a massive massive achievement for her. Um, hopefully, they will be qualified. Uh, by the time the pod was out and the best looks them on their um, endeavours. Yeah, I think just for, for uh, it's good signs for the club too. Look, obviously anybody going away in international duty is a huge privilege and, and the, the highest honour you can get as a player. But, you know, Pixie was in there last year as well, along with Alice. Okay, she hasn't got her minutes, but again, it's only going to be beneficial to them to be in and around that setup. And Jody as well, to have somebody who's 
at under 17 level and his captain in her country. It's a tremendous honour for her and her family, but it's also going to be good for Sligo Rovers, you know, to have a leader like that at that age group. That will bring her on in confidence and can only be a good thing for the squad as well. It's funny, like Ronan, when we were talking to uh, the, the MA earlier on the season, like when 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 players are away at these underage international camps, like they do pick up an awful lot from them and they bring that back to the dressing room as well. So it's it's massive benefit for for the for the club. It's a massive benefit for the team and it's obviously a massive benefit for the for the players involved as well. So the more the more players we have on international duty, uh, the better for us, definitely. Yeah. So do you like to say now we're joined by Jordan O'Reilly, both fan ahead of Saturday night's game. So first of all, Jordan, both top of the table after six games. I suppose it's not a it's something you probably couldn't have imagined before the season started, but it's it's a it's a good position to be in. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I think before the ball was kicked the week of the week of the first game, you only got one centre half uh, senior centre half signed. So uh, if you had it told us that six games in, we'd have won five of them. Um, I think every ball is going to be jubilant and as you probably see a lot of people see online we're very boisterous as well at the moment so um, long may it continue how long will it last God only knows as you know yourself as football is 99% misery 1% success so uh, we're all living for that 1% success and hopefully this year will be both so I don't think it will be but we'll enjoy the ride while we can and there are six games in I suppose could you run us through the six games that have gone by so far we lost one game so far but won five and it's been a yeah, I think we probably caught Cork and Dundalk at a good time, just as they were everyone was starting to jail. Um, Cork have been a bit bit mad in the results. Like they've they lose the shells, got a draw against Rovers, but or Shams, I should say, and uh, they just you know they're they're, they're fickle, a bit like the fans. I'm a bit fickle actually in terms of results. <laughs> so um, it's good to see that we've gotten that win again. Dundalk got a win at home. Like, I think we earned every point we've got. Um, the loss to shells. Like you'll never want to lose, but maybe it's something that the players needed that they would maybe smell themselves a bit. And you know, it's a bit of a kick up the arse. You now, if you're not on your game in this league, uh, you you come back to haunt you. Well, again, bounce back well, beating Drotter well on the Monday night, and we're coming into the now slide, uh, five hours six. And I think the confidence uh, is a big thing at the Man Park at the moment, and you know, winning is a habit. And I think that the players that the boy signed. I think that they're full of confidence in their playing. And unlike Keith Long's season, uh, the team in previous seasons, it's a team of men. Everyone associated Keith Long's team with, you know, youth and this uh, bit of uh, enthusiasm. But, you know, with kids, you don't get consistency. But I think we're going to see consistency this season, hopefully, for uh, Declan Levine and his team. Down around the league, it was, I think, Keith, uh, Declan Levine getting the Bulls job is kind of a, a weird appointment. But it certainly is, he's he's putting himself out there. He's, you know, he, he's not just. He hasn't just taken. He's was taken balls onto another level so far, anyway. Uh, yeah, we Declan came in. He was a real left field candidate. Like he was never mentioned. I think what he said was he was contacted in the Chelsea, but it's obviously he'd actually been confirmed the job, um, which is a bit of a strange. Nobody probably expected him to be manager, uh, but he got the job, and you know, like you have to get back. I was a bit. Concerned about the wine coming in, having seen the dairy teams he had, they were very negative. You know, it was always a hard team that was hard to beat. And you know, then again, it's a results based game. But that's what my biggest fear was that we're going to go back a step in terms of our style of play. But I don't think it's been that case. I think he's we've signed well in defence and uh, our midfield, our attacking play has been excellent at times, as you might have seen in some highlights. 
I think Gary Coote's been a revelation. He's like a brand new player under the vine. But um, no, it's all going uh, swimming, swimmingly well for Rose. So uh, everyone's right behind the vine. And I think he's really bought into the club, which is very important today. Community-based club, like Bowles or like Sligo. Jordan, just in regards to his signings, um, you know, he seems to have stepped away from that philosophy that was there on the long, as you've already alluded to, you know, signing young players coming back from England and all that and, you know, integrating them back into the league and trying to maybe sell them on again in future. So he's kind of signed, as you said, off air yourself, he's gone for more men, basically, that older kind of player, more established and probably more settled for you. Do you think that's the philosophy you'll continue with or do you think you'll drop back into that signing the young players again, coming back across the water? Uh, I think he'll probably do a bit of both. I think he's got Pat Fennell there now as well as director of football and Dave Henderson's head of recruitment. So uh, they definitely won't be snubbing players that will come back that are up the level of quality. But, you know, Keith Long took a lot of gambles over the years and a lot of them worked out. Danny Mandrew uh, came back, Daryl Lee came back, Andrew Breslin came back, a lot of them come back. But there's been a few stinkers down the years as well that have come back and, and they just haven't been up the level, particularly last year. You know, Ryan Burke signed back and he's now playing Waterford, who weren't doing so well. There's been a few of those too, but I think at the end of the day, if you want if you want to be able to compete in those, you need senior players and the team of men and experienced men. Obviously, there's a fluidity on that as well of the James McManus or the 19 player from the academy. He is willing to give the players uh, good enough uh, time if they're good enough. Um, I don't doubt that. And I think he will definitely want to use Bowles Academy. It's one of the strongest in the country. But um, I think you have to sort of stick to what you can rely on. Like Bowles has gone full time this season, you know, it would have suited younger players. I know for a fact there were several players who wouldn't sign for Bowles uh, because they were part time. You know, it's an alien thing for a professional footballer to be saying you'd be training at five o'clock at night till seven o'clock at night. Like, even then, that's only two hours. They're probably doing their own gym work during the day. And it's just, it's really changed the setup of the club and probably changed the mentality around the team. And we touched on Jordan, the two lads that came in, I suppose, played for ourselves last season and Paddy Kirk and Adam McDonald. I suppose Paddy is a a familiar face to both fans. How they got on so far this season? Um, I think Adam McDonald, we weren't sure what they expected him. We had heard from Sligo fans, you know, the sort of Sligo fans said they wouldn't miss him, but he's come in and he's been a real engine in the room. We weren't sure exactly where he was going to play or what style of football he was going to play, whether it be a number 10, number 6. But um, I think he's played across the midfield now at this stage and he's, you know, he's covering some mileage and he's doing a lot of dirty work, which is what we probably didn't expect from him. <clears throat> Paddy's come in and I think he's had a bit of a shaky start of the season. Uh, like he hasn't been as consistent as he was at Sligo. But I think that will come with time. It could be nerves. Paddy's a Bowles fan, true and true. Like his family are all Bowles. His brother was working there, coaching Bowles on the way. He's at Shells Women's now. But um, well, I think the two lads have settled reasonably well. I think Paddy got his first Bowles goal. So I'm hoping that will kick him on. And again, there's a lot of options in midfield there at Bowles. And McDonald seems to be holding down his place, which is, is an 80s thing. When you've got Keith Buckley, Ali Q, uh, nothing about as well. And Jordan, just in regards to you know going forward for for Saturday night, like what's the anticipation coming down? What are you thinking? Nothing less than three points. Anything less is a failure. Um, well, look, Sligo's a tough place place to go. I think a lot of people are measuring aren't really measuring Sligo game as a whole. Used yourselves and two bad injuries uh, up in that awful pitch in Derry. So I think that will probably where our ears will be a bit pointing up after the hearing that. So I think we'll probably go down hoping to get the win. But I think both fans are looking at the next three games as a whole more so than the one game against Sligo. We're trying to think if we get five points out of the next three games. Obviously, the players won't be taking the that. We won't play a game at a time with them. But if we are getting five points out of the next three games, which is ourselves, Shams and Derby, 
I think the win we're probably looking most likely at is probably down the showgrounds on Saturday. But um, yeah, everyone's sort of uh, costly optimistic. Um, we've had good results down on Saigo down the years. We've had bad results on Saigo. So it always seems to be a good game and there's always seems to be goals. Um, but I think we can go down and get the win. I know you guys don't like hearing that, but uh, the way we're playing at the moment, I'm hoping the international break hasn't sort of ruined us from it. That's actually something you you know you you hate to see coming at times, isn't it? You know, even for ourselves, I don't think we wanted to see the international break because we're building a bit of momentum. You're seeing good performances and that. I suppose, especially for yourselves, like you were riding the quest of a wave there to you know to bring in that break. Then it can be a nightmare at times, can't it? Yeah, especially this early in the season, it's a bit of a kick in the ass. Like it's not, it's not as if we've gotten 10, 15 games in. We're literally six games in, and we're sort of being after it is a break already. Um, like it's mad how you see, you know, during the summer that that break seems to unsettle so many teams and other teams seem to pick back up from it. Um, hopefully it doesn't affect anyone when you look across. You are doing all right. You're uh, looking around Europe, we're top of the league and uh, Rovers in the relegation spot. So I'm hoping there's not too much set, uh, unsettled and we can continue as we are. I suppose, but yeah, not easy for any club to be or any sort of players to come back in after a few days off. They'll all have been on the lash. A few of them, foreign lads are probably going back home for a few days. Hopefully, he hasn't set too many across the board. I mean. And is it just Mullins that went away on international duty for you, or did you have anyone else? We think it was just Sean McManus, yeah. There was, there hasn't McManus, been a brilliant years. Like, we've always had like four or five, uh, about the under Irish from the Nationals on the edge. Uh, they all seem to be, they all, they all seem to be hung around. But then again, a few Scottish lads, I was, imagine, they probably went home for a day or two. Which is no harm in that. Um, but yeah, no, it hasn't been as interrupted as previous years. We would have lost Austin the boy, Andy Lawrence, and Daniel Manjo and the likes. Is Chris Tordick uh, still with you, Jordan? Is he or he is all right? He's not getting much of a look in these days. Um, didn't come back with the same player uh, from Poland. Maybe it was a one off season he had. You know, he played the front three of Danny Grant, uh, Andre Roy. And himself, then he'd manage behind them. So he might have just got a bit more freedom that season. No fans at the games either during COVID. Uh, it doesn't look like he's come back to the same player. I know he played right back in, oh, I think it was Czech Republic or Slovakia. He played right back there. He came back and he doesn't look good enough right back here. Um, I'd say his time could be up at balls where he goes next. I don't know, but I genuinely just can't see him getting back in this team. He's always a bit of a torn side for us anyway. Yeah, he, he does seem to lift it against Sligo, but he's, uh, he seems to be sussed out a little bit. Step over, you know, doesn't uh, even get a bit of a jeer from Bowles fans these days, right. which is a nice to see. And if you were to give a prediction for the game on Saturday, Jordan? I can see there being goals anyway. Um, Bowles defence has held out quite well, but we're still always seem to have a, a lapseness. Like, you think we've, we've only kept one clean sheet this season, despite not actually coughing up many chances. Toy pitch so I, go, I think it could be a, I'm hoping it's a 2 1 balls. Um anyway, I can't see either team keeping a clean sheet. So I'm hoping we'll just edge it 2 1. So Jerry, all systems go for the Belfry on, on Good Friday night, the seventh of seventh of April. Yeah, it's gonna be a great Friday. Rover's gonna get three points versus Dundalk on the road, and then we'll have the quiz then afterwards. So yeah, we've got a few teams now. Um it's Always a popular, popular night. Um, so yeah, it'll be good, good to get together for a few points, watch the game, and then have the quiz then afterwards. I think we've got about maybe fourteen teams now, so not too bad. And I'm sure a few more will come in between now and and uh, Friday week. Good Friday.
So looking forward to it. Yeah, it's always good crack. And various different prizes and so on and so forth. So happy days. Oh, yeah, just get in contact with any of the social, the board social pages. Uh, just give us a DM or whatever, a nudge, and uh, we'll get you signed up first. So, yeah, why not? Uh, we haven't had enough of these nights over the last few years. So um, get out, have a few pints, watch the football, and pretend that you know stuff about football, just like what we do every uh, Monday night. As we look ahead now to the Bowes game, first game back after the international break, Jerry, I suppose I'll start with yourself. Like you you hope that you know there's a bit of momentum before the international break. You hope that it isn't it isn't halted somewhat going um when I suppose kick off on, on Saturday night. Yeah, I think it was always um down through the last few years, um breaks were never kind to us when the first game we came back. If you were a betting man, you'd nearly always bet against Rovers. Uh, losing um, well look I think there's a new kind of new set of players maybe uh, new ideas new culture um, maybe the break has come at the wrong time for us because we were building a little bit of momentum but then having said that Bowes have won 5 out of 6 so if any team I suppose were disappointed to see the break coming it definitely would be them um, the only concerns you really would have is the likes of Nando and uh Max returning from uh, Auckland. I think it's a 26-hour flight through Los Angeles. Um, so that's that's a bit of a, a mind a mind blower. But um, as far as I know, their last game was on Sunday. So hopefully they're they're back by now and they'll have a couple of days to, to readjust and uh, get the jet lag out of their system. So that'd be the only real concern I'd have. Um, yeah, so I think I think Bowes are more to be concerned about really than than us in terms of momentum. And Sean, it's going to I suppose Bowes are top of the table. We were talking to Jordan there; they have plenty of threats. But I suppose it's a we've plenty of players on the pitch ourselves that can you know can hurt this Bowes team. No, absolutely. Look, we've seen it in Derry with the likes of Hartman and that are going to be capable of. And there's plenty of positives for us looking forward going into the game. And look, I suppose the biggest negative is going to be at right back. What happens there? That's the biggest worry for us at the moment. Yeah, so I don't know if it's the case of nine more and dropping in at right back, but even for that, I think a few things has to change within the side, which is a bit of a nightmare because our style of play slightly alters as well because when Branifak was playing as a right full, you know, he's very far advanced and like heavily involved in anything we've done from an attacking point of view and it shows in his assists. Like He has two assists already this season and that'll just show you how, how crucial he is to us in anything we do from an attacking uh, point of view, as I says, but then that we lose that automatically without him because O'Sullivan obviously would have been the next best thing. He's an, he'd be an attack-minded fullback, but he's gone as well. So it'll be interesting to see what John does. Maybe he's an ace up his sleeve that we don't know about. So it, look, my automatic thought is just that Niall drops in there, but then you need someone to be there beside him as well. So I'd assume John Mahan will come back in as well. So that's, there's a few changes going to come in through the team. I even think you'd have to complement that with Browning and Bulger having to play as the pivots there in the centre midfield because you need someone to get over and help and protect Nile as well. Because look, as good as Nile is, he's not a right back. So if, you, if you're wanting him to be involved in attacking phases of play, which we will, no matter what, whoever plays there is going to have to have an attacking sense of mind in them because that's just how we operate. That's how the system works. So it's going, it's going to be a, a bit of a head-scratcher for Russell, but 
Like I think if anyone can can sort it, he can. I think normally the 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 uh, most obvious choice to slot in there would be Finnerty. Mm. You know, in in a normal if 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 we weren't playing the style of football that we are playing, like obviously he's uh, he's a defender and. You, you know, nine times out of ten, you'd slot him in there. But just uh, as you were saying, Sean, for the style of play that we we are uh, incorporating this season, where the fullbacks are getting high, you know, putting his right side of centre back in at right back, that's he's not going to give you that either. Like he might give you protection, but you know, if you're looking for uh, crosses and uh, you know assists and things like that, I don't think he's the answer either. No, like there's look, there's the option of maybe going to a back three and playing with two wing backs. That's there, but I like realistically I can't see that. I can't that's a big system change. And yeah, it's again, you're changing an awful lot. Yeah, huge amount, Jerry. Like it is, it's there, but like even if you went with that, like, you couldn't play Hartman as a right wing back. It's just it wouldn't work at all. Like he's just not going to do that. So you'd have to nearly sacrifice him out of the team because even playing Hartman on the left hand side of midfield, I think you take away from his game. His game is cutting inside. It's not going down the outside of a of a fullback and crossing the ball into the box. He wants to come inside and be involved in all in everything that's good in the play. So there's too many sacrifice sacrifices that have to be made for going for that. So I do think it's it's just gonna to have to be something clever that Russell comes up with. And like it's a pain in the hole that we're in this situation, but we are where we are. I actually seen a video there online today and of uh, young Lavin scoring a goal for Ipswich, um, for the Ipswich under twenty ones, and the type of goal that he scored was he was bombing up the the pitch, you know, to uh, get involved in the play in and around the penalty box. He scores a decent goal, and I just wonder, like maybe perhaps someone like him that I know he's gone to Ipswich under twenty ones, but there would could have been an opportunity uh, come his way there if. Um, if he had stayed on, because he would have been an ideal man for that uh, type of replacement and style of play. Like, unbelievably pacey. Yeah, and Dolan can play right back. And Jamal and, and Hatterhaf, no? Again, that... probably similar to Finnerty, like that. It's not just to give you that forward yeah. play. The one thing I, I was actually, I would have thought that myself as well, Don. The only thing I would say about that is I'd hate to start. Shifting in around the pitch and you know, taking him out of positions and playing him elsewhere, just leaving where he is at center half and just let him learn that trade. Because I'd be afraid of what happened with Gary Boylan. Remember when Gary was came in as a right back and then all of a sudden he was a center half, he was a center midfielder, he was a left back, he was everything but where he was meant to be staying all the time. I wouldn't like something like that. No, I'm not saying I think, that we've, I think we've got a, a bigger, more specialized squad now. Yeah, look, it, you know, the right back thing is completely unfortunate where you've got like three players over the one weekend that could actually play that position and play it to the style that we want. Where going back to when Boylan was here, like we probably had a squad of maybe 15 or 16 and you needed one or two guys that could slot in anywhere. Whereas yeah. now we've kind of got more specialized players for particular positions. And as I say, it's just unfortunate that three guys over the weekend, just, you know, it's just a freak, isn't it? And like, like, yeah, we've, well, we've two players to every position this year. Yeah. We've, Never had that. We actually had three to the right back spot, and all three of them are injured. Like, or even four, including four. Boylan. Mm. Yeah, well, sorry, I was including Boylan. Sorry, yeah, he's I was on the back there. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so who the fuck wants to play right back? <laughs> 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 you 
You know, like no, nobody could account for that. Rosary beads. Yeah. Not one person could ever account for that kind of misfortune. But there you go. That's football. Let's look. This is where John Russell earns his money big time. Yeah. And that's where other players get opportunities as well. You know, sometimes, you know, well, football throws up, you know, uh, crazy chances um, and opportunities. And this could be one for somebody, you know. Just look at Gary Buckley. Uh, I suppose we were all seeing him as a midfielder when he signed and they got the, they got the move back in the centre half and sure like you know took to it like a, like a, like a duck to water yeah and see next season's uh, pre-season tour has been actually they were they're arranging it there last week um, already uh, you know, like last year we went to St George's Park this or next season we're going to Lourdes <laughs> uh, I heard it was magic Gloria, Jerry. No, Lord's one I've oh, yeah. it's uh you can get the ferry over. Be afraid the the plane might crash. <laughs> <laughs> but uh just to come back on what you were saying there, Jerry, I actually think it was this I trying to think it was two seasons ago, maybe it was during COVID, and we had a we were off to a great start and uh this international break came and I think we bet Shams and Tala, and uh, I don't know. We actually, uh, we obviously, we rathed them because they came out after the international break. They hit the hit, hit the straps of the masses, but we we were very very slow. I actually think that this break suited us. Uh, gave probably John a chance to uh, to reset and give him a give him a, a bottom bit of time to um, to come up with some kind of a solution for for additional right back. So I'm actually, I think the break came at a good time for us. I don't think. I think we were finding a bit of form, but we certainly weren't tearing it up. We we, we showed some excellent passages of play, but I still think I, I think we showed enough to be happy with. Uh, there was plenty for us to build on prior to the break, and I just think I think it, it has come at a good time for us. And I'm actually very confident for 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 this game on Saturday night. As you say, it gives John a bit of time, and even with the I know we played Galway yesterday in two one, but them two one in the friendly, um. Whereas we wouldn't have had had that opportunity previously, I suppose. So, so fair play, Sean, for calling that one out there. Yeah, no, uh, John, <laughs> John and Ryan were texting me. that says, you know, thanks for the idea and everything. Yeah, <laughs> we're delighted with it. Yeah, my <laughs> football guru. Yeah. Part of the coaching staff now, lads. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> advisor. Yeah, got the Pat Benlin role, director of football. And David, we talk about options are right back options and. Sentiment field, I suppose it all depends on who plays right back. But you know, Greg Budger, as you mentioned before, has been you know he probably he does start on all going well on 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 Saturday night. A start for Lucas Browning. Yeah, you'd imagine he'd be the, the man to go in beside Greg. And um, decided Derry, he was superb. Like he was covered every bit of whatever the hell was on that surface. But um, yeah, he was he was excellent. And as the lad said, he's looking fitter, stronger, and he's got a run of games under his belt where he looks properly at it. Um, and I'm sure that the, the break again will have probably done him the world of good to just kind of find his feet, see where he is at and, and kick on again. So I'd imagine it will be Browning in beside him. Um, he's had a couple of games where he hasn't started. So I, he'll be chomping at the bit to get back in and prove himself and try and cement the place at centre mid. Um, given the, the form that Bows are in, I don't see him going with Stefan in beside him, who is a good option as well. But more in an attacking sense, it'll be more of a double pivot, as Sean has said. So I'd imagine he will be the man there, but yeah, look, there's there's plenty there's, there's plenty to be to be optimistic about. They've kept on one clean sheet um, all season, you know, and we're we're as the lad said, we're not in top form, but we're starting to find you know a better consistency in our performances. 
and how our, our systems uh, is being implemented. Now, obviously, the injuries at right back are going to play play a big part in that, but hopefully not too much. So, yeah, um, I, that's that's the two I see starting in front, and I don't see too much changing in front of him, whether it's Vastuk again, whether it's Barlow. Um, you can't dislodge the two wingers. I think Will Fitzgerald, maybe not the, the flashiest player in the world, but is, is going to bust his arse up and down that line all day. And it's been really, really good this season. Hartman has shown flashes of brilliance and the more he plays, the better he's going to get and and the whole league is going to see what a, what a better player he is. So to have that double pivot, not just two lads who can sit and, and dig in and defend for you, but also two lads who can play that are intelligent on the ball and get the ball moving and get it into our attack-minded players, the lads that can go and win you a game. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot to be optimistic moving forward, especially into Saturday night. And I actually share... Donald's encouragement there, yeah. I've I've a feeling we'll get something good out of this uh, come Saturday night. Well, we touched on that, Sean, about Bogdan and the Stefan Stefan and Barlow. Like there's there's three options there. We saw Bogdan the last day against Derry, and then Barlow came on for him. It's, uh, I suppose it all depends on you know Bogdan's been away on international duty as well, but I suppose it all depends on fitting around the, the team you're up against, and you know who from your own point perspective, like. Who would you? Personally, I go with Barlow. I think it's a, I think it's a game for Caelan. Um, I think we're going to need all the energy we can in midfield. I think we'll need his work rate as well, his passion, um, and obviously his creativity on the ball as well. You know, bring, Barlow brings everything to the table. Um, I think I think it is a game that's suited to him. I think he, you know, because it, it won't. It'll be a high intensity game. You know, a Declan Devine team. You know, they're going to be buzzing. They're going to be up for it. They're not going to be. Pragmatic and just slow and methodical or anything like that. They're going to be all guns blazing, so I think you've got to match that, and I think that comes with intensity. If they match that intensity, so I think the likes of Barlow and that are perfect for that. So I, I'd like to see Barlow start, to be honest. And um, like that, is plenty of positives from Bogdan. As I said last week on the podcast, I think there's loads more to come from him, and he'll only get better. But. And it'll be a game to introduce him later on. I think he could do damage in the later stages of the game. But I'd definitely go with Barlow for a bit of balance and just a bit of consistency. And maybe just after the break, just to have that little bit of, I suppose, know-how, the league know-how, and something like that, just to have a little bit more of a balanced, settled side where, no matter what you want to say, we are still integrating Bogdan into the side where Barlow is... He's integrated into it. He knows exactly what's going on with this thing, and especially with the showgrounds, because the place will be buzzing. Bulls are bringing a big crowd down with them. You know, all everything should be happening for Saturday night. But I'd be going with Barlow. Yeah, I think one thing about Barlow that he's he's certainly proven since, since the start of the season that he's not afraid to get in fellas' faces. Like, and he's winding up some big characters in the league as well. Like, like much uh, called Deegan in 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 Drada. Like, he had him. Do you know what I mean? His head annoyed. In, in that match, do you know what I mean? He's like he he roughens feathers and he gets fellas upset. He gets them out of their comfort zone. Like he's, I, I, I agree with you, Sean. There, yeah, he's the man to. I think he's the man to start right, yeah. Especially like you've had McDonald in, in midfield there. Like I'm sure Barrow will be eager to get one up on him. Like you know, yeah, because McDonald will come down here looking. He's going to love this occasion. No, no doubt there'll be a bit of stick and all that coming up here, but he'll lap all that up. He will love that. So he will. So, you know, you need someone to counteract that and get in his face on top of it as well and give him, you know, start winding him up a little bit. And I think you're, you're right, Donald, in that. And Barlow's not afraid to do that. So, look, he's, he's got Lopez sent off. He's been in Deegan's face. 
you know, there's a couple other instances throughout it. He's he's not going to back down from anyone, and he's dead right too. Mm. We talked about what you were saying there as well about um, setting up to to play against a team that that's coming down on Saturday night. We have to be wary of, and um, one thing we haven't been as guilty as we have in previous seasons is super free kicks. Because Jordan Flores is nailed on these days, like he's just not missing them, you know. And and they're not just ones that are banging off a wall or taking a deflection. He's sticking these in the top corner, you know. He's done it on two or three occasions already. So um. The likes of Greg being fitter and getting there quicker. Browning, not as combative, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to be on his game as well. And then, yeah, just Barlow to go in and start ruffling feathers for uh, for such a a young player uh, to have that that know-how already to, to, to be not mastering the dark arts in the same way as a Deegan, but to, to get in and start living in people's head rent-free this early in his career is only, is only going to be a good thing. And he's got it in his boots to back it up then as well. And Jerry, it's... Nando will be back from international duty. It's the McCancy versus Mahan debate once again. It's what do you think? Oh, I suppose you could make you probably could make a stronger argument for Clancy to be fair, to be left in the team. Uh, he stepped in when when called upon and done, you know, a really, really solid job. Um for me, look, I'm a big fan of of John Mahan. I think I kind of go on about him on every podcast at any chance possible. So um oh, my my head says Clancy, but my heart says uh, John Mahan, which I don't know. John Mahan probably doesn't feel too easy when I start mentioning about my heart and, and him and stuff like that. But uh, I wouldn't say that to him in his arc alley, put it that way. But I'd probably go with Mahan. <laughs> You're in a fancy pajamas I, on you? Uh, I had my Ian in pajamas on again tonight. So <laughs> Ian is the man, lads. And uh, I, think, uh, I think Ian should start. And uh, it's down to John then to dispose him. Um, in, like he he, had, uh, he did very well when he came on against Derry, so he's done nothing. He hasn't done anything wrong for me. He's done very well, in fairness to him. Yeah. yeah he's, look, he's a quality setter half, isn't he? And he's only yeah. going to get better. Like as he says already, lads. We're only echoing what you say. I suppose when when you say, and he's made every argument to start. It's just I suppose you just look at it in terms of who's the bigger star. I suppose. You know, John Mann just automatically screams to you know you go into the starting lineup. He's the bigger name, I suppose. But I don't know. I Clancy could well start. He could well start. I'd be I'd be thinking like that with Jerry. I just think being a massive fan of John Mann, you just you kind of want to see him in the team. And maybe if you think about it logically, Clancy probably should be in the team. Yeah, that's a good way of of summing it up. I think. So, but look at as you look, Russell knows what he's doing. He, yeah, yeah. He won't, yeah, he he won't be picking players on sympathy votes or anything like that or on fans, you know, on a fan opinion of them liking someone. So, but looking, yeah, yeah. I, I think as well, like um, what we were maybe saying earlier on is, you know, who plays might be determined by who plays right back or right midfield. You know, it's not just a case of, right, you slot in there. Like, you know, I suppose it has to be, consideration has to be given to, Again, who the opposition is, who's going to start in right back, how we're going to play. There's probably loads of different kind of variables that will determine uh, who who will start. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But at the same time, too, Clancy, look, either one, you'd be, you know, he'd be. There are two quality centre halves, to be yeah. sure. And it's, it's a great headache to have, to have to choose between the two of them. So happy days. Yeah. I suppose you could be looking at a case, like I was saying earlier on. There, you know, O'Mahon should come in because whoever's playing right back. But you know, the more I think about that, I could be 
completely off the mark with that because I suppose Mark's still playing himself back into form. So the last thing you maybe want to do to a fella like that is put him in a babysitting role as well where he's have to look after a right back. Where he's thinking he's already thinking about his own game and then maybe having to worry about someone else as well. Yeah, but I think maybe from his style, like I, I don't even think that he'd have to think maybe that way in terms of he'll just do it maybe naturally, you yeah. know, cover spaces that you know he's gonna do without depending on the player, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, so. No, look, it's it's a complete toss-up, I think, at the moment. And as you said, Donald, it's an amazing headache to have. Yeah. We have two quality players like that vying for one spot. And then, bear in mind, you already, you're partnering them up with a, a full New Zealand international in Orlando. Like, he's an established player now, and I think already this season, he's just shown how good he is. And like that, he's only 23. He's only mm. getting better as well. And he's first choice yeah, now as well for New Zealand. Like, you know, he's... Yeah. You know, it's not just a case of right. Uh, we'll bring him in and give him a bit of game time. Like he's an established centre back for New Zealand now. It's not token gestures kind of thing. Oh, far from it, Jerry. But you've seen from his performances this season already. Like he's dominated any striker that's come near him. Yeah. No one's got the better of him. Like. So, you know, that's. I think actually, if you overall look at our backline, like it's it's very young. Even the back five, goalkeeper included. Yeah incredibly young there's not like none of them are over 24 yeah it just shows it just shows yeah and it just shows you as well though sean um that it's 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 what you know it just shows you when players get game time how they thrive and how much they come on leaps and bounds you know like people were kind of questioning nando last year about you know a couple of mistakes here and there but like you know, you have to be patient with players. You have to give them time. And when they do get time and when they do get minutes under their belts, it's amazing how much they thrive. Uh, myself and Donald were talking to Bart on Sunday at the under-19s game and he was just chatting about the the two Polish centre-backs that are playing for Bowes. And like that too, he was saying one of them, I don't know which one, but one of them played a Division 2 in Poland, was signed by a Division 1 club, didn't get into the squad, it uh, wasn't really getting game time. You know, he's done really well for Division 2 team. They got promoted. He went to Division 1. Didn't get into the squad. Went back to Division 3 in Poland, which wouldn't be a good standard. But he was saying that, you know, this guy was better off going to Bowes, playing in a strong league, uh, a competitive league where playing men's football, getting game time. And like that with our centre-halves, this fella seems to be thriving as well. So, um, again, it shows how how good the league is and how, how much of a platform it is for players to basically fly 26, 27 hours around the world to come and play in the League of Ireland for, you know, Sly Rovers or Bohemians and things like that. And sometimes I think we underestimate our league, uh, but it just shows you how much players do thrive in the environment. Well, absolutely. And you look, at, I suppose Max Matt is another perfect example of that. He's come here now and he's the main man and now he's, uh, he's getting his full international caps for New Zealand yeah. as well. So, yeah. like, there is the spotlights on this league. The eyes are on it. So, it's only going to encourage further foreign players to come into this league because it's a platform. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's officially a platform now. It's got the exposure it needs around around Europe, I suppose. Like, there's a lot of scouts watching here now and everything else. So, you know, it, it's a good breeding ground for players, I suppose, both locally and internationally now. Yeah, which is interesting. I, like, just going back to Nando as well, just slightly is. You know, I, I, a lot of people were hemming and hawing about him last year, but I think if you look at the first half of the season, 
Nando played in his natural left-hand side centre-half. Yeah. Absolutely. He was brilliant for us. He really was. There was loads of people talking about him being the find of the season. And, you know, you could see where he was at Rui Ava in Portugal. You know, he was only on loan then. And then he, you know, because of the injury to Gary and there was constantly, you know, injuries here and there, you know, he was switching over to right side, centre-half. And he basically, he sacrificed himself for the team, really, you know, yeah. to play there because that's not his natural position. I know people say centre-half is centre-half, but it's really not. Mm-hmm. Playing on the right side of, uh, of the centre-halves when you're left-footed can be an absolute nightmare. It's weird. A right-footer will do it on the left side, no problem. But a left-footer will struggle yeah. badly on the, on the right side. I, I, know, I know that myself. Uh, so he did. He really struggled there at times. But then he did keep in with decent performances. But you see it now straight away this year. He's gone back onto the left side. And, you know, like it's... Yeah. It can't be overlooked that he's the next man who gets the armband whenever Greg goes off the pitch. Yeah. Become a leader in the side. He's growing, he's maturing all the time. You know, we're we have a serious centre half on our hands, I think. And you know, I think, you know, as I said already, he's only going to get better. So yeah. but even play even sorry, even moving to the right last season, you know, I know you played half season on the right. Um and you know, he would have sacrificed himself for the team, but it's actually another uh tick on his CV in that he was able to slot in at the right side and do a more than capable job. Do you know yeah. that kind of way? So again, it's providing that platform. Like, you know, uh, sometimes you might stay or go to a, a bigger club and that have, you know, tons of players, but he was given that opportunity. He took it uh, and it allowed to his CV. So it just shows it's another part of his game that um, he's capable of, of doing. Just about the game, I was just thinking here as well to myself, um, I suppose about the, the the last few games or the, the games since the season has started and how important it is to score the first goal. And I, I, I suppose there's a massive emphasis in that, I think, on, on Saturday night. That will dictate an awful lot of how the, the night will go, I think. It's just really important to get out of the blocks fast and um, hopefully get get that first goal because if you do that, you're in the, in the ascendancy and... Um, you know, it'll suit us. It'll suit us uh, getting getting that first goal. I just, I just think, I, I suppose, it's, it's really important that we we do try and and um, take the lead in the game. Is that the only game that we actually scored first? Then Derry, Derry's the only game we went ahead. Nice. Yeah, Derry's the only game. Yeah, which is very unusual. Like, because in fairness, is Donald saying like first goal is so so important in this league? But we've kind of. Defied the odds there a bit, which would be great to get ahead in the game. And and uh, I know we did against Derry, but I, and we said there, I suppose the the thing you'd like to see is to keep a clean sheet. But I I don't like if again if you're a betting man, I think you've got betting on both teams to score on Saturday night. Um, like Bowes, I think have only kept one clean sheet out of six. Um, one, I mean, yeah, yeah, and we have we keep we haven't kept any, so you'd be thinking there's going to be goals uh, galore. So I'm, I'm sure there will be. I know when you say that, they'll probably end up in an all drop. It's not a fucking hope in hell. This game <laughs> is going to be in an end. No way. No, they've proven to be big uh, scoring games, haven't they? In the last yeah. Few. I, I know that uh, David was saying there about Jamal from Bowes with the, with the free kicks. But I tell you, like, in fairness as well, like Barrow and Hartman, the two of them are two dead ball specialists as well. I think if they get a sniff from outside the box, either are... Um, it's only a matter of time before they start uh, scoring from range. But uh, Yeah, but someone needs to tell them, Donald, though, that they don't get points for hitting the bar. 
Crossbar challenge. Or... It's like the crossbar yeah. challenge. The Hartman's goal and draw it across the line. I, I'm, I'm convinced of it. Yeah, that's right. Well, look, that's actually one. It's just touching on it there, though, Donald. You know, it's been a massive improvement, hasn't it, this season? is set pieces for the for us, you know, between corners and free kicks. And that. We're yeah. actually... You know, again, with, again, with all the open play that we've had, I think about... How many goals have we scored? I keep asking these crazy questions. But I think we've only scored maybe about two from open play. All the rest of them have come from set pieces. Just off the top of my head. Yeah, because you consider Browning's off a set piece as well. Yeah. I suppose, yeah. You know, it, it falls from a set piece. Yeah. Second ball yeah. from, the, from the corner. So that's, in, like, as good as we are. Look, that's not just, that's not a bad thing. Like, as in, like, at least we're creating chances from, from, from set pieces and you can see the work's gone in. But so, but I think it's an area where we will get better. I know uh, the, the one that sticks out for me is uh, uh, Max Maddow uh, to UCD uh, as not being a set piece goal. Um, that, was that was, you know, a really, really good goal. Yeah. And then I suppose you look at Derry as well. Derry, yeah. It's come off. It's come off perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose just one other thing to just, I noticed today, I think um, Daniel Lang uh, pointed it out on Twitter, just that uh, there's a, a couple of junior games happening at the same time as Rovers versus Bowes, which is kind of, oh, look, it's a bit disappointing to see, like, we'd be giving out about the GA or some other sport if they were putting fixtures up against our own. But when you've got your own football association uh, scheduling games against your uh, senior uh, local team, in my opinion, that's just bad form. I don't think there's any need for it now, particularly with, you know, the amount of pitches that we have available in terms of uh, Astros and stuff like that. It's just, you know, um, I think uh, one thing I would have said before in this country that the the biggest problem with Irish football is, is Irish football itself and politics and, and things like that. And it's just, we're a small senior club. We've got a small uh, junior league. Um, you just like to see, you know, more kind of, I suppose, thought put into these things or maybe less thought, if you get what I mean. And if we were to give score predictions for the game, start yourself, Sean. I'm going to actually Rovers 3-1. Jerry? I think it'll be 2-all with at least one goal, one own goal from Talbot. I see Sean's 3-1 and I'll raise him 2-5-1 to the Rovers. <laughs> <laughs> go on, Donald. Yep, yep, oh yeah. David, yourself? Slightly tighter affair for me, Ron, and I'm going to go 2-1 to the Rovers. Well, I was thinking 3-1 as well. Thank you, Sean. Cheers, Ron. Thank you, Jerry. Cheers, Ron. Thank you, David. Cheers, Ron. And thank you, Donald. Thank you, Ron. I was proud of winning that one. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson. 1-1. Brilliant. 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 Here comes Quigley. Yeah.